This Road to Osaka series is powered by Mizuno. Here from Reese Edwards, Rachel McGuinness and Julian Spence and other top Australian marathoners in their push to the Osaka Marathon on February 25. All right. Hello, everybody. How are you today? Hey, good. Welcome. We've got Rachel here. Awesome. Rachel's back. Bye. 708. Yeah. She left us hanging for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Eight minutes. I just said, fuck, I'm going to have to deal with Reese for an hour by myself again. <laughs> and we couldn't handle that again. No, no. How are you? Okay. Been better, but nothing I can do now. Just pass the time. So. Mm. No updates or um, no anything you can sort of shed any light on for us around your, your injury or plans, anything like that? Uh, not really any plans. Um, yeah, the injury. <laughs> um, yeah, so when I was last on two weeks ago, it was like almost feeling better and I had a plan to get a repeat scan the week after. And actually by the time I went into the scan, I was completely pain-free. So I was thinking going into this scan, just like a checkbox exercise, but I was like, I'm pain-free. Thought I'd get back to running that day. Um, and then I got out the scanner and the radiographer um, said, oh, actually, the radiologist will have a look at the scan for you straight away. So I was like, great. I walked into his office and he said, I take it you've been back running then. And I said, no. And he went, oh, well, it's got a lot worse. And I was like, oh. And it's progressed to a stress fracture, despite me not doing anything on it. <laughs> Mm. so yeah it was bizarre and like I like by the time I went to that scan like I like that morning I was in the gym like doing stamp ups with weights like completely pain-free so it's weird but um you know there's there's a clinical there's a lag between clinical signs and then the signs on an MRI so whether like the pain when I decided to stop running when I was just like this isn't right um maybe that was like indicating it at the time so yeah what are your symptoms like right now are you still are you pain free i have no pain at all and frustratingly the management of this my sports doctor said i have to go on crutches so i'm now i feel like a right tit wandering about on crutches without any pain i keep worrying that i'm gonna like walk into a cafe and someone's gonna give up their seat for me and then i'm gonna like like go up and order my coffee and forget to use the crutches and i think i'm some sort of con artist or something <laughs> What, how long are you on crutches for? And is it non-weight bearing, touch weight bear? What well, that's the of... difficult thing. I kind of asked that because I said, look, I, I have no pain at all. Like I walked, yeah, straight into the scanner. So um, he, my sports doctor said do crutches for a couple of weeks. But obviously you would usually guide the amount of weight bearing that you do based on the clinical symptoms. But because I've had to go onto the crutches already pain-free, it's kind of just a bit of a a guessing game so it's now been just over a week that I've been on them um so yeah I'll probably just carry them on for probably another week if I can and to be honest I'm, I'm touch weight bearing so I'm just putting my foot down like when I'm yeah because it's just too much of a hassle otherwise and I, mm. as previously discussed with the chin-up challenge I don't have the best upper body strength so well we've given you a few extra weeks to get there <laughs> yeah I, did, I thought that would be using that for chin-ups not crutches so yeah so what, if what are your, um, oh, sorry. sorry if the scan is lagging like if mm. it's a if it if it's a lag does that mean that you can potentially run earlier even though the the, the scan shows a problem 
Yeah, that's the difficulties because now that there's this cortical breach on the MRI, it has to be treat, like treated as such. And I suspect that what happens in, in my case now, because this is now my second stressy after the one last year, that was my first ever one. Um, and with the sacral one, it was, although that showed up obviously straight away, I kept getting rescans and it kept saying, no, the fracture line's still there, even though I was pain-free for, I was pain-free for months, probably like three and a half, four months before I was even allowed to do anything. And I very much suspect that um, that might be the case here. Like I might get a repeat scan in four to six weeks and the fracture line might still be there. But then by that point, I'll have been pain-free for, well, I guess what, seven, eight weeks by that point. Um yeah, I might just be the sort of person that gets the clinical signs earlier and then the MRI signs just continue to show for a bit longer. I don't know, like and like as Reese has said with his stressy before, he just never rescanned. Um and maybe if like my doctor just never opted for me to re like rescan things, maybe I would progress back and maybe I'd hit complications or maybe it would be okay. I don't know. But it's a non-displaced fracture, right? Like what sort of complications if you were to come back? And yeah early what are complications are there yeah so so it's a fracture of the posterior medial tibial border so that's the inside like back of the shin bone um so that's the lower risk type of tibial fracture um but if you fracture the anterior cortex so the front of your shin bone then that's much higher risk it's very high risk for non-union and um, often can need surgical intervention so i guess the main risk is like does this progress um so like the if the uh fracture line continues and progresses towards the anterior cortex and that's risky um so that's kind of the main thing that we, we want to avoid um yeah so and like i've now i've already rested like so much now anyway like it's just it's yeah i just have to like go a bit longer and like i've, I've now stopped because i'm worried that the ellipticaling that i did over the last six weeks can contributed to the tibial load so I was still doing all my gym all, all like ellipticaling every day so I've just like I've essentially gone to like I'm as low weight bearing um as I can so just stationary bike and swimming now Gee. are you happy you got the scan mm, it's tricky like my sports I said like look at because my physio was kind of 50 50 do we rescan do we not and he said like maybe if you're pain-free we don't rescan but like I'd booked one in just in case so then I went ahead with it anyway but my sports doctor said oh look if you'd run on this it probably would have made itself known quite quickly so yeah, yeah. um but again that doesn't maybe account for like if I am the sort of person that the scan is showing actually what I was feeling a few weeks ago and maybe I'm already a few weeks further down the line but say yeah. for say four weeks time you'd completely pain-free for the next four weeks will yeah. you absolutely scan again that's what my doctor said to do I, I i'm now more kind of of the feeling that maybe i shouldn't because yeah like i i genuinely i walked into this scanner thinking i'm going to be back running today i'd i'd planned for for like mentally going into that scanner and them saying no look it's just not quite there yet you need maybe another two weeks off but there was nothing in my mind that had like pre prepared me for or made me think of the possibility that actually this has progressed and gotten a lot worse um so yeah it's like when you were asking about my like mindset the other week like this is just like completely complicated things even more um yeah. it's definitely been like yeah very difficult to, to navigate all of this and yeah changing and, 
everything cross everything is the hardest part about the mindset this is what i how i would picture it is it didn't seem like you had kind of really started the big block this kind of seemed to come out of nowhere there's nothing that you could probably pinpoint and be like ah i did a few training errors or this or that yeah. is that correct is that the scary part where it kind of just felt like it just spontaneously yeah. came on I guess like in, in hindsight, you can always look back and maybe pinpoint a few things like my mileage had gotten back up to what I was doing pre my sacral injury. And like, I thought that we'd loaded that back up sensibly. But in hindsight, like I had five, like five months of very little like weight bearing activity last year, like other than doing a bit of ellipticaling, that was like the most weight bearing activity I had. So during that period of time, generally my like bones weren't being loaded as much as they normally were. Even though I was doing the heavy gym stuff throughout that time, I wasn't getting that repetitive load that my bones would normally be used to, like having such a large break with an injury. So coming back in from any stress fracture, or even even if you had a tendon injury that kept you out for a few months and like you didn't do anything um, in terms of repetitive bone loading, you're at higher risk in those kind of higher mileage like points of developing yeah bone stress like um as i'd mentioned it briefly before in one of the earlier um episodes that i was in low energy availability when i had the sacral stressy done but i gained like and that was unintentional like i never um i've never restricted my eating i just genuinely thought i was eating enough and i found out that it wasn't my metabolic rate was really suppressed at the time of the that that was last april i spent six months gained weight lifting heavy I like improved my metabolic rate far beyond expected for my height and um my weight and yeah this still happened but I think it's just it's a combination of like multiple things like takes a bit of time for your body to like come out of low energy availability and even though I'd done that metabolically with my metabolic rate there's still other effects that it would be having like longer term and mm -hmm. it can take up to a year apparently to like really start to equilibrate yeah. so and and then I have a question that's kind of is more for you, I guess, as well here, Julian, is what's your role in this scenario? Because I don't think I, I'm not a coach, so I don't understand this in regards of the coach-athlete relationship in how it's going right now, if you're happy to open up about this, and what's it going to look like going, say, forward throughout this recovery? Like, are you just sit back, Rachel does all the medical appointments, does her rehab, and then you come back into the game? Or how... how is your relationship through this right now yeah it's i'm a i'm not a practitioner i mean rachel does sports doctor work in a professional environment already she uh has a physio and a sports doc around her she has seen dietitians before in the past um she has a medical team around her and this is at the moment like a medical issue like this isn't a this isn't a coaching issue if i was to come in here and say oh no you don't feel any pain we don't operate like that we're like our training group runs when we don't feel pain that then i think that's uh pretty dangerous territory to to, yeah. to to provide unprofessional opinion um and so i like i i understand like rachel's going through a pretty tough time with this um but I can't like it's a it's a frustrating place as a coach because you can't really provide much guidance on it. Maybe just um, try to provide like examples of people that have have come through it in the past, like yeah. injuries, and 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 just show that there could be a light at the end. Yeah, and actually, I I think it's a lot more common than 
maybe is spoken about and like it's not something that like I was sure that I wanted to like talk about publicly but after like my sacral one and then like after now that I've had like a second bone stress injury I've had like a few people message me about about stuff and like so many people have been in low energy availability and so many people have been in red s like it's a lot more common and I think maybe yeah not quite spoken about that much but do you know what's uncommon is is talking about it and and I think there are like there are two two sort of types of of red s I guess there's those that do it there's those that um unknowingly kind of do it like yeah. through just not realizing and those that are uh, do restrict their eating yeah. um and so you're uh, like you're you're in the the first the, the former and so it's yeah. um probably a little bit more easier to talk about yeah with, course, with your yeah. situation yeah yeah have, um just moose have you ever had to refer someone to a dietitian or a psychologist or anything like that any of your athletes or have you spoken to them anything about that when you pick up they may be signs of reds yeah, I've, I've definitely, yeah, I've had um, conversations with athletes around that who, who have previous athletes, current athletes who have suffered from Reds and, and they, um, mm. they do see both psychologists and dietitians. Yeah, legend, good job. Well, well that, that's, that was their, their, their path. That wasn't mm. my directive. Like they made the, the calls to do that themselves. So um, it was existing before we started the coaching relationship so it is very difficult it's really difficult as a coach like to navigate that um and i think even especially a dis like from a distance uh not really knowing not really being around as much so sort of correspondence coaching probably can't have as much influence on things um and then when you get when you, you're starting to prescribe marathon type workouts where energy availability like actual uh like energy availability for the day, fueling for the event, fueling um, for training, recovering from training when the volume's higher, when the sessions are harder. That's, it's, it's, it is quite tough because I'm sort of torn between riding training that is going to be a little bit safer for that athlete versus knowing that they're probably not going to fuel like they should be because of mm-hmm. – um, the, the things they're going through but at the same time they're so ambitious where they're running that they also are looking at their sessions going why am i getting this training and i'm not getting the training that everyone else is getting uh mm-hmm. it, it's a tough thing to do because 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 you'll you'll break them if you give them too much um but most of the time they're so ambitious with their goals that they want as much as they can and they often will do too much because of it and that's one of the like symptoms i guess is sort of like for that particular athlete yeah they are they want to do more all the time mm. yeah is there any early signs rachel to this to say reds this sort of thing that yeah. um, say there is there's guaranteed to be someone listening right now that's early yeah, that's on or thinks about it yeah yeah the, i mean the main one for females is amenorrhea so stopping your periods is like yeah a way like uh, an indicator that you might be going into low energy availability i think that um something that even because this isn't something that i was taught at med school this is something i've learned since being an athlete and working now more in the kind of sports field with the soccer team um you don't have to be underweight to have red ass like my weight has always been completely normal i've never been underweight and 
I remember when somebody like when I first saw a dietitian a while ago and he said, look, you may be not quite fueling enough. And I actually did increase my fueling at the time. And I, I at the time I was like, but if I was in this red S where you're in a state of low energy availability, um, why wouldn't I be like significantly underweight? And but it's because your body is is trying to maintain the um your your weight in order to do your sporting activities and your other activities and in order to um reduce the um, need for energy elsewhere it switches off your period so your hormonal cycle or even the same the same cycle for men with testosterone and it also down regulates your bone remodeling so it reduces your bone density as a consequence and there's there's lots of other symptoms but the main one for for women is um is um amenorrhea so stopping your period so mm-hmm. yeah and also if you if you're if you're a female athlete and you're on a contraception such as like the combined pill and you're having a bleed when you take your break from the pill that is not considered a true period and that that could be masking that actually you may not have a period if you weren't on that contraception so that's like it's a tricky one because a lot of young women obviously are wanting contraception but the only true way to determine if you're going to have a period is to come off all contraception and see if you have a true menstrual bleed mm-hmm. and it's kind of similar oh, just very quickly mm-hmm. uh say from a male point of view as well yeah i know this from my own personal experience as well but leading to say set, uh, stress fractures and that type of thing mm-hmm. it's a similar sort of thing where your sexual arousal will drop mm-hmm. so say for a guy and i know i'm a bit of a joke center this is dead serious is say that morning kind of erection of your penis so that hard on if you regularly get that and then you go through a long period in your marathon build up where you're not having that you that is actually one of your signs that yeah. you may maybe developing kind of that going down that line as well yeah loss of libido is like one yeah one of the Mm. signs as well um also like brain fog is a really common sign like now that I've like corrected it largely obviously I'm still having effects but I I realized that this time last year I could see patients in in the emergency department then I sit down to write my notes and sometimes I just be like what what was the last 15 minutes I just spoke to this patient about like I would just get this complete cloud of like completely losing focus of, of or being able to like like remember what I'd even discussed with them and another one is is sleep as well people tend to have disrupted sleep and it's often because you're waking up throughout the night because you're hungry or because your body need, needs fuel um so getting poor sleep as well so and it's these things all create a vicious cycle as well that all impacts everything so um yeah I think for anyone that's listening that thinks they might be in low energy availability definitely either see your GP or see a di- dietitian and um like a really simple way to check is to just get your m- metabolic rate tested your doctor can write you a referral to get one done it's a non-invasive test you sit you wear a mask it measures your expired carbon dioxide and that's an indirect measure of how many calories your metabolic rate is and like so for someone that's my size so like I'm five foot four, I'm about 55, 56 kilos. My, I should be, my metabolic rate is about 1500 calories a day. And mine's now surplus, I'm at 1700. And then that's how, how you figure out how many calories do I need in a day if I'm sedentary in bed and don't do anything at all. Um, so then you multiply about that by a factor according to your type of work. So if you work in like an active job, say you're a sports teacher, you probably need to add, like multiply that by a factor of 0.4 or um, so for my job they said 0.3 so I had to I had to do 2,300 calories every day if I'm not exercising so that's quite a lot for like a 
women like usually of my size. So 2,300 calories, not including any of my exercise. So if I run 25K that day, you add on all those calories plus calories if I walk to and from work. Um, so yeah, it's a lot. Like there were days where like when I was trying to get out of this, I was eating in excess of sort of 3,000 calories every day. Yeah, it's really good how you put it like that. It's very rare to hear like the actual nuts and bolts of it because mm. a lot of people just say, oh, you're not eating enough or you're under fueled. But to understand it like that and to know that there's yeah. a test out there to look at because yeah. it's, it, it, I don't, I'd never really heard of that test before that you told me about mm. that. And I thought that yeah. was really insightful. And one thing that my dietitian told me to like work out my calories from my exercise is like a rule of thumb is a calorie per kilo per kilometer. So that's like an easy way. So to think, yeah, you know, if you're 60 kilos and you're doing a 10K run, that's 600 calorie extra calories you need to yeah. be taking. So like I would like, I don't know, like sometimes when you, particularly you, Reese, when you talk about your fueling, like I think about everything very systematically now. I work out roughly like how many extra calories across the week I work out my mileage I work out how many calories across the week I need and then I roughly calculate that throughout the week like I'm constantly thinking about am I getting enough and then like wow. I don't know if you think about it in the same way it sounds like not so do you have no, a, an know. app that you put your meals into to, to cal calculate calories um when I was seeing my dietitian I was using an app that she was using to track not every day because it's a bit too time consuming but like maybe two or three days a week on the days that were my higher mileage days, I would just add up everything that I would have throughout the day. But like um, now that I've been doing it for a while, um, I roughly know like my usual breakfast, et cetera. I, I know roughly how many calories are in that and yeah, like what mm. snacks I need to have on top of that. Is, is it hard not to, because I it's good to know it all, to, to hit the minimums. But does it feel, but do you also start to think, oh, gee, I've gone, I've, I've hit some maximums or I've hit some, some high numbers today when you actually know the numbers? Um, no, because for me, because I didn't know that I was um, in low energy availability before, where I was just eating to hunger before that um, original stress happened. So I know that for me, if I'm hungry, that's like a really bad sign because I have to eat in excess of hunger. So if I've eaten like a lot more, that's like only going to be a good thing. Of course, if I continued that for ages and I ate like a lot more every day over a period of time, I would you would start to notice that by like gaining weight. But and then you'd be able to adjust it back. But I think for me at the moment, it's a lot safer to overeat than to undereat. And how long of a period does someone be like in reds for before you start to see these? Um longer-term issues appear like the, the bone density stuff. They're and... saying that even like a period, a very short period of low energy availability for even just a few days to a week can can lead to like bone resorption. And you don't even have to have low bone mineral density for that to happen. So, yeah, wow. That yeah. Kind of stinks. You Obviously, start to you think, about, think yeah, about you your food a lot more when it's that serious. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. So you're coming to Osaka still? Yeah, I need to, yeah. In a sort of state of to and fro with my partner where I'm like, I don't know whether I want to come or not. And yeah, obviously he's running and I want to come and support him. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so You've got a holiday yet. booked afterwards though. Yeah, Surely you want to go on a holiday in Japan. Yeah. Anyway, it might be like a good distraction because yeah, next 
yeah be like probably when we get back would be about the time that i'd need to do the repeat scan so it's just kind of like go and go away and then forget about it until then mm. good spot to be though japan like mm. on a holiday go up go skiing even you'd have some fun up there i reckon i'm too would scared you ski now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just don't fall over yeah um all right well hopefully we get you to osaka because that would be good and uh i know mm. out of interest do you guys have a schedule for your osaka trip do you know what's planned like can you run us through what you guys are doing there yeah, do you know this better than me rachel sure no i can't remember all the days like there's a one day we're going to the mizuno hq like the innovation center and doing like a tour of that um and there's one night I where think, we're doing a Japanese cultural experience, is there? That's I think that might be the morning before the race, maybe. Yeah. So that Do, must be Saturday. That's out next to the expo, I think. Uh, yeah, the, sure. the HQ, you, you go to, and it's at a, like, it's a massive building. Yeah. And then I think there's like a daily uh, group run as well, each day. Cool. Mm. You'd be the real show off there, I reckon, Reese. I'll be front pack. <laughs> you just drag a few along. Um, cool. So cultural experience. It's like a dinner, yeah. I'm guessing. I think it's a dinner and like a tea or something. I can't remember. Yeah, you. They don't You'll mind. Know. A drink. They don't mind a drink over there. I do remember the. It's uh, a bit of a junket. <laughs> a few executives love to get on a few late night whiskeys. Sunday, I'm more than happy to drink with any executives. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sunday, I think you go to the Japanese dinner. All right. It's pretty cool, actually. They look after you. And then to the karaoke bar afterwards? Yeah. You're all about that, aren't you? No, Ridley is, but I'm, I'm happy to go along. Yeah, all right. We'll sort that out when we get there. I want to hear about your training this week. If that's okay, yeah. We're going to start uh, with your start with your Monday. Yeah, I've so Monday, sixteen k easy jogging. Um, Tuesday, I worked down at our Brighton site, so I did a commute, so about a eleven kilometer jog, and then I met up with Ben Kelly and Al on the bike, and then I did twelve by one k of forty five seconds. So that's on um, Tuesday after tuesday after the big sunday that's correct um ben works out in gippsland for half the week so he was heading out there on wednesday morning so he couldn't work out any other time later in the week so we just decided we wanted to have someone to do it with we we chose tuesday because he was still in melbourne uh so that's how tuesday came about but the session went really well we kind of First six, we we're aiming for around 305 pace, and then the last six, we just kind of picked it up. Um, I can't remember. How did it feel? Like, really good. Like, amazing. Like, better than I ever would have thought. Wow. I didn't really notice any difference between having 45 seconds rest and doing more reps this week compared to previous. Like, the... The first six at around three or five pace felt like ridiculously easy in a way. So then, but then when I picked the pace up for the next six, obviously I think the last three might've been 250, 60. That 
starts to burn, but no, went really, really well. Um, okay. So happy with that. Big, big um, Tuesday, 27 clicks on a Tuesday after a, what do you run, 36 or so on the Sunday? Yeah, Sunday before I would have run, yeah, I doubled. So I think I ended up doing like a 42K day that day. Um, but wow. my commute, so my warm up in those 11 kilometers, I was on the phone doing like patient handovers and I was doing work calls and stuff. So stopping at roads and I was running like 520 pace and just kind of semi working and running. Well, you're talking to someone as you run. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll take fame. That's the only time I talk on my phone is when I'm running. No, that would be so annoying for the other person. You reckon? Yeah. Having someone Why running because you're puffing. I know, like, you might tell me that it's easy, but you were puffing at 5.20. You're still, like... They seem like to understand what I'm saying. <laughs> I would be... So, I would be. That would be annoying to me. Most people sound impressed, so I'm going to keep doing it until someone calls me out on it. So you're getting paid during that time? No. No, that's after work. After so, work? You're still working, though? Getting Not getting paid for it? No, I'm not getting paid for it. It's just, you know, it's I kind of work across sites, so I'm handing over patients to different physios and things like that. So it's just I don't know, it's just something we do. It's 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 fine. Rachel, would you yeah. I don't reckon doctors would ever work if they weren't getting paid. I've worked lots of hours of unpaid overtime. I was gonna say every doctor in a hospital system works yeah. un, un like non paid. Why don't you just put an invoice in at the end? For those hours? Well, I was once told by um, a consultant in the UK that uh, if you're not like, if you're submitting overtime, it means that you're not managing your responsibilities appropriately. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, <laughs> we top that as well. <laughs> yeah. The only time you should submit overtime is if someone has a cardiac arrest on the ward and you have to stay to deal with it. Everything else, you should time manage everything. Um, so, yeah. So why are you doing this after work and not at work then? Is it is this me? Either uh, of you. The per, well, the person I'm, well for me, the per, people I'm handing over things to are also commuting home. So uh, it's just I don't know. It's just a habit. Yeah, don't like that. It's a, it's, yeah. Well, you know, we have things go wrong. Had someone have a stroke on me in the gym? Well, not really? on me. It was, a, it was another physio's, but. Uh, patient but yeah we had to get over there yeah so you have fun stuff like that that happens so then you just get caught behind for the day i shouldn't say fun stuff you have horrific things like that that happen <laughs> yeah yeah i can't imagine that's fun no. um, um all right yeah and then so wednesday uh 18k easy jog thursday 19k easy jog friday 14k easy jog so because of the big sunday tuesday i took wednesday to friday very easy just easy easy jogging um, yeah. That gets us to Saturday session. Um, Ridley was keen to do one more of these kind of 20K, steady kind of fast jogging um, run. So we did 20, 20K fast jogging steady into six by six minutes with 90 seconds jog. And then I decided to add on 15 minutes after that. Just by yourself? Um, no one wanted to myself. do that? No, no one was interested in that. Um, All right. A um, few things here. This probably doesn't mm -hmm. bother you, but 40K two weeks before the race, it's not too much. 
42k one week before. Not given what he's doing a week before. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> so someone like so someone like Dave, he ran 40k's on the Sunday. I didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so not not saying that that's an example, but um, no, I so, don't think so. I don't think it was too much. So you're telling me Dave did this workout and then ran 40k's the next day. Correct. All right. Um, yeah. All right. Tell us about this workout then. Uh, yep. So 20k. I think we averaged 359. We kind of just at the turnaround point, we slowly, gradually built it up. Uh, and then we, when we get back, we change shoes quickly, and we did six by six minutes. Um, they were, where's my splits? We've hit them. They were kind of hoping to run them around 308 to 310 pace. Um, so I think we've gone, in the first one, we've gone 307 pace, second one, 305, third 305, fourth 306, fifth 304, sixth 304. Marathon I was pace. kind of, well, I don't know. I was kind of starting just, you know, one or two seconds behind and just, so yeah, I didn't tell one, the other boys that. One or two seconds behind them. I just a few meters behind. I wasn't letting them know that was happening. I don't understand. I just each rep. I was just like at the back of the pack, and I just kind of would be like just because they were aiming for three hundred eight, three ten. So I was like, if I just start a tiny smidge behind, then that would just give me one, two seconds to extra on them. Right. Oh, okay. I got you. So you yeah. would finish in front of them, kind of up with them. Up, yeah. I wasn't dropping them. I was running. I ran. They end up running all those six six minutes with me, but I just ran behind them. I, the easy way to say is I didn't want to drink. Like Dave had a specific speed he wanted to run them, and I didn't want the speed to get carried away for them. So we kind of just I held back in by starting behind and running onto them. All right, gotcha. Okay, so and then you did fifteen minutes, and they didn't. Yeah, this was so – I was talking to Al beforehand and I wanted – originally I wanted 20 minutes. This was for my own headspace because I wanted to know what 210 marathon pace felt like and if something happened in the early stages, if I was to go with 210 pace, how much on my race am I sabotaging? So the idea was going to be 20 minutes at 304 to 305 pace and we just – kind of got a little bit carried away in the first 2k and it was like 259.3 and it just felt like this is stupid like if i slow down to 305 pace now i'm going to run the last 14 minutes in 308 just like i was doing the six minutes it's going to feel easy so we can't, you didn't want that. yeah yeah it didn't it felt like i got what i wanted out of it like i, I would have just been overreaching so i just ran 15 minutes average 302s in it and made me think that like 302 or three pace like 206 to 208 pace is definitely well and truly out of my reach um 210 pace is probably very much like would be super suffering but it makes me feel like if the race goes the right way i can definitely you know give mm. my pb a crack interesting like this everyone looks at training as physical but there's a lot you can get from like mentally like mental outcomes from training uh, yeah, I did that. Logical, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I did that mentally because we've been running a lot of our 
reps have been faster reps this um, block. I haven't actually spent much time around marathon pace at a prolonged effort. And unfortunately, that was actually faster than what I wanted. But yep. and puts me in a good mind space of like, if I feel like I'm overreaching at the start of Osaka, I'm way too high up in the pack. Like I will probably, there's a chance I'll be in the 208 group if I feel like I'm overreaching. So I just need to realize that me even feeling relaxed may well and truly still be like a 211 or something like that. Whoa. Good job. That was cool. Was that? that was you running 2.8 pace. Yeah. <laughs> How those fireworks just come? Is someone listening to this and doing stuff behind? That so, was real yeah. interesting. Um, <laughs> that was okay. um, that's a That is a very good workout. You are fit. That was only Saturday. Yeah. Uh, then I just j- jogged something that afternoon. Um, I can't remember what it was. Uh, where are we? I jogged 8K that afternoon and then Sunday jogged 16 in the morning and then I did 10K jogging in the afternoon. I just threw some 30-second hill strides into that jog just to help my form. Good one. 170Ks, mostly Done. singles. Yep. All singles during the week. Looking good for you, I reckon. Gee, a bit of um, fan mail come in last week for you. What sort of fan mail? They, they, well, a lot of it was like, it's just great to hear like you got such a dumb bloke on and um, we can, and he's learning a lot. You can just tell that he's learning a lot through the episodes. It's, so it's like uh, that Christian, that Norwegian bloke. I got called out by him, right? Oh, that I'm waste, wasting my time. You're wasting your time running. Is that what he said? I, oh, he said, um, what, what did they say? They were telling me right at the beginning of our session on uh, Saturday, Al goes, oh, you got called out on the other, other podcast. Apparently, uh, you're wasting your talent. Um, you don't know how to train. And I was like, I'm trying to put a bit of fire under my, uh, <laughs> my belly. <laughs> um, big, but then at the same time... I, because I'm like, I don't know, how, I, I, what, what would I change? Like, if a brand came and gave me a significant amount of money where I could go spend time at altitude, yeah, of course you would do that. But, like, when you've so got you a young family now, full-time. Um, yeah, there's always things you can change in your training. Um, yeah, I don't know what I'd do, but I honestly don't. I probably am lost now. Probably do. It is probably time to start working towards a coach, but I just haven't found a coach that really believes in my two things that I believe in, so it's hard. Chriso does. Chriso really believes in it. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Chriso believes in your talent. That's what he believes in. Big fan yeah. there. Yeah. Um, good one. Look, we have a guest coming in early tonight. Before we do, before we bring her in. your week done. Um, Rachel, you don't even know about this guest because you were a late starter tonight. But I'm gonna—I'm not gonna do my week. I'm gonna do this thing, this next thing. The Mizuno Wave Sky Seven is a high cushion daily trainer that provides runners with a smooth underfoot feeling. As other trainers become stiffer and more aggressive underfoot, the Wave Sky Seven's traditional geometry provides runners with a soft and protective ride suited for all your easy jogging through the week. 
geez, I can't even read my daughter's books without messing a word up. And I just rolled like a hundred words in a nice. row. There. Yeah. yeah, nice. Yeah, that's my work shoe and my commute shoe. It's good shoe. Is it? Yeah. yeah I work all day in that and then I run home in it. Is that you, you go to the pub shoe? What was that? You, you, you wear your shoes that you do like a shift in and then run home in them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I put, that is I put 100, 100, 100K a week in a pair of those Wave Sky 7s. I'd worry that about is... compressing the phone too much during a shift. Nah, that's all. That's all bloody retail bullshit no, 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 no. stuff. That, that they're just bad. trying to make you buy more shoes, Rachel. This ro rotations and compressed foam and all this sort of nah marketing. That is, that People like Moose trying to make more money. <laughs> oh, imagine doing that. Imagine oh, shoe rotations. You don't need two pairs. You need five now. Smash your shoe all day. All day, and then you have to run 20k on concrete home. For oh, no, no thanks. Yeah, well, the Mizuno Wave Sky 7 can do <laughs> that and handle it. Yeah, um, all right. Here's our guest. Welcome, Gemma Maney. Put the put the um, put the <laughs> balloons up again. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that happened. Hello, Gemma. Oh, you've run uh. You, you're on mute, Gemma, or you might have to plug your um. There you go. You're off mute. No, you're not. I uh, can't hear you. All right. In the meantime, I'm gonna say you that uh, trying, yeah. you've got two. Gemma, I'll I'll do a bit of an intro. She ran at Melbourne Marathon in her debut last year. She ran two thirty-five, twenty-five, mm. and that's a winning time. She won twenty thousand dollars there, Reese. Same as you. Yeah, yeah, that's that phenomenal. You are what, like, imagine that, Rachel, winning twenty grand at a race. Yeah. <sighs> hey, that's Gemma, can I hear you? Or oh, how about I remove uh, you and then we add you back in? Have a, oh, we'll, there you go. We'll try. It. She's oh, got yeah. inter interesting to know. If Gemma's spent her twenty thousand dollars. Oh yeah, mattress ain't seeing that. What? That's Which going she, in. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh, good. there you go. He's, he's overheard you. <laughs> that is in the top drawer. That that's... top drawer, you reckon? Dig a few holes in the backyard, put it in some jars, and uh, keep it hidden. Keep it away from the tax yeah, office. They're down in summers, Gemma, Gemma, and um, down on the beach too. So maybe it kicked in for yeah. that deposit. Let me um, yeah. kick you out. I'm going to add you back in. Kick her out properly and then um, click. I'll tell her to click it again. Sorry. Yeah. And are you in the, the surf coach, elite coach, are you, mate? This is your the thing you're going by this week? I am at the moment, the, yeah. Elite coach, who, yeah. Do you, what's the word elite mean to you? Oh, elite's a tough one. I'm going to say. I don't like the word elite. Elite? What do you call wait, Do you like sub elite? I don't like. Oh, no, not really. I don't like elite makes you think of like the mafia or something like that. The mafia? I don't know. You know those elite people that just think they're untouchable and they can do what they want? That's what I think of when I think of elite. And uh, the elite... headliner at Port Ferry, the elite headliner. Oh, I heard about this. <laughs> I actually heard about this. There were some tips come up. There were some tips come up today, and uh, oh, apparently Reese has Zach told has put you up to this. To pace himself, pace themselves down there. 
That yeah, pace is very important. <laughs> Gemma, you're here. Uh, yeah, come save me, Gemma. I can't hear you, Gemma. Ah, uh, not no microphone. Yeah. Maybe we go off your phone because I'm not sure what's going on. She's going to mm. come back. She's going to come back another time. All right. Uh, Are you going to be down at Port Ferry, Moose? Yeah. Yeah, I'll be down there Friday night. So we'll be um, we'll be getting down there late, I reckon. Got the dog, got the baby, so everyone's coming down. Got nice. Jimmy on tow. Jimmy's going to be staying with us. We'll, we'll have a tent there on Saturday. Big pickup apparently Saturday. Arvo kicks off down there because pretty much nice. everyone's got to come to Point Ferry and, and stay the night because the race is early and it's so far away. So it's a bit of yeah. Great Ocean Road Marathon vibes with everyone in town. Um, mm. And then, yeah, you're running the marathon. So you're going to go that hard, are you? Or are you going to get it easy or what's the go? Oh, one of the local fellas has been messaging me about uh, he wants to break 220. So 220? He wants to break 220 at Port Ferry Marathon. So uh, I reckon that will be a phenomenal run to break 220 at Port Ferry Marathon. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. So well, you're going to pace him. Hold up. 220 at Port Ferry. Who is this? Uh, is it Jason Day? Mm, he's local. So yeah. let me just put this. 220 at Port Ferry is going to be mm. like running 217 at Melbourne Marathon. It's going to be like running 215, 214 at Berlin. That's what I'm going to put out some comparisons like that. That's interesting. That's good to know. Just yeah. and that's, so, not, that's I'm not the one calling the shots. I'm all for it. 230 225 but i'm willing to help i'm willing to help a local person if that's what we need to do Gemma, are you here i am is it working on oh my phone? we got it hey we got it she's on amazing what sort of old school computer setup you got down there <laughs> oh it's my school laptop so they've probably banned me from using something i shouldn't be using oh education <laughs> department you know who's know. paying for that computer me Who? Me, me. <laughs> no, me too. <laughs> Rachel we'll pay more too. money so it works. <laughs> um, uh, welcome, Rachel. It'd be good to see Reese again. It'd be bring back good memories. Winning Melbourne together. I didn't what, actually see Gemma the whole time. <laughs> oh, I said seeing Reese's face would bring back good memories. Oh, it does. It feels like forever ago, though. It yeah. does. Have you have you spent all your winnings? Uh, mentally, I've spent it, but no, I actually haven't spent it yet. What about you? I am my youngster. is just getting get, getting everything. So you know, a pram, a cot, uh, all that fun stuff. Yeah, we're saving nappies. It's all going to nappies. Renovation. So, oh uh, yeah, it's not going to no. go very far once we spend it. Yes, uh, Osaka Marathon. This will be your second marathon. Gemma, it's a it flat will. one. It's a fast one. Um, Hopefully. Probably won't win it, but it's, I must be excited to be going fast. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what I can run, like, in a completely different environment. Mm. Have you organised your paces? Uh, no, unfortunately, unless we can find someone to miraculously babysit Ollie over in Japan. Uh, I'm out there on my own. I have someone for you. She's in, the screen, in this interview, yes. <laughs> I'll be on the sidelines, so. Oh, no. What do you no. like with kids, Rachel? 
I'm actually pretty good. Like I'm the second eldest of six kids. So I have lots of younger siblings and my mum's the eldest of nine. So I've got heaps and heaps of cousins. Oh, here we go. Here we go. That's a good resume. Perfect. Yeah. So you're bringing Matt. Now I've just got to break the news to Matt. (laughs) Hey, Matt, you're running a marathon in two weeks. (laughs) No, I love this. This is it then. All right. So you'll buckle up on that 223 train then, Olympic spot. Oh, goodness. I don't know about that. I'm not actually, um, I haven't really locked in what time I sort of want to run. Obviously, faster than Melbourne, somewhere between, gosh, I don't know, 2.30 to 2.35. But, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. And how's training been going? uh, It's hard to just judge with no races. And given it's my second marathon, I'm a bit naive with, um, yeah, a bit naive with where I'm at and how I'm going. So, we'll see. You, You had more in the tank at Melbourne didn't you like you I did yeah I finished feeling yeah. like I could have run a little bit faster yeah oh. yeah but I feel like this prep it feels like it hasn't come as easy so we'll see how how are you feeling like compared to Melbourne in terms of um fitness level More- yeah I think it's just different fitness I think aerobically fitter like stronger uh, but not as fast so I think up to Melbourne I did all the AV series and yeah, just those races sort of get you faster. Like I was doing a lot more speed work. Um, this time I've run higher Ks. I guess the weather hasn't been as nice to train in. Um, so, yeah, sometimes I felt a bit more flat, but I've probably run some better long sessions. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's hard to know. Just it's all new to me and I'm probably putting more pressure on myself this time, being more judgmental of myself and my sessions. Um, yeah, so I think I'm fit. Um, I did a good session last Saturday, I think it was. Um, yeah, so now I just hopefully taper and feel a bit fresher. Give us the numbers. What was this session? Oh, what was the session? Hang on. What did Matt have me do? It was like three by seven K, uh, off one K float and then a three K push at the end. Whoa. Big time. Nice. It was a big sesh. So, yeah, 30K. Um, yeah, and sort of ran around what I want to run for the marathon. Um, and the 3K push, I wouldn't say it was faster, but at least I sort of held on. All right. What did you Hold average for the entire 30? Hold up. Sorry, uh, Reese. I'm jumping in. what I ran for um, Melbourne Marathon. So, you said yeah. at the start you didn't have a pace goal, but then you said I would ran the paces that mm-hmm. I want to run for the marathon. So... Well, I don't know what that equates to time-wise in the marathon. <laughs> oh, that is that is bullshit. <laughs> Everyone does that math in their head. I don't. I just do what I'm told. What were the paces, Moose? Have you got the session? No, she's locked me out of her Strava. I can't get in. Oh, what were the paces, Gemma? Uh, I think what did you average? On, oh, so the whole... No, uh, just for the, 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 the oh, reps. So with 2K floats. So with... um. Yeah, even with the floats, I averaged three forty ones for the session. What about the ons, but? Oh, uh, roughly, I think three thirty to three thirty eight ish. Depending on the sub sub two thirties, what you're thinking then? That's what she's thinking. No, <laughs> that hasn't even crossed my mind to be honest. Oh, I think it has. As you and Palm. You and Tara. <laughs> but no, that was the sort of a confidence booster I needed after a couple of rough weeks 
prior to uh, I did he- enjoying some taper time. I heard about this um, incident, perhaps mattress yeah. maybe undercooking some chicken at home. Yeah, oh. yeah. Well, I would blame him for uh, giving me salmonella if he actually cooked dinner. But um, oh. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely um. <laughs> That's a good burn. <laughs> Ah, uh, so you, that's a bad one, salmonella. Pardon? That's a bad one. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, coming off my biggest ever week, um, like I know it's not huge for some people, but for me, 160Ks, I was pretty proud of. Came home and, yeah, just everything I ate that afternoon just didn't sit well and was probably mm-hmm. that way for a good week, so... Uh, unintentional down week, but I guess no one's marrow prep ever goes perfectly. So mm-hmm. better then so than hit, uh, in Japan. So you hit race weight early then? Yeah. Now <laughs> it's more trying to put on a little bit of weight again. Mm. Not only that, though, you've got a mother. You've got a mother, two kids, right? Yeah, I know. I don't know which kid's harder to look after, seriously. <laughs> Probably mattress. Yeah. No, I must say he was a godsend on I unfortunately got food poisoning again on Wednesday and I had to call him home from work. I couldn't mother that day. Oh damn. So all right. You yeah, two weeks. You'll be on the up then by the sounds of it. Yeah, hopefully uh a couple of good weeks of fueling and I'll be good to go. Talk us through um you're, like I'm really, I'm always interested in people's fueling strategies for the race because I think it's so varied. Listening to Tom DeCano, he was a host the other day on the main show, and mm. um, he was he barely takes anything. And then yeah. some people like Brady Ames, like he he takes masses on. So I'm interested in yours. Uh, we've been trying to aim for the more, um, and then if later on in the race, I'm struggling to take fuel on, at least I've front loaded. Um, mm. so I've been practicing and it's been working okay so far. Um, taking a precision gel on every 25 ish minutes. So I know, oh, I've been probably practicing here on some of the warmer days with some, um, drink mix as well. Um, Morton drink mix, but. Yeah, I'll have that out on the course in Osaka, but it's probably more I'm just going to focus on having the gels every 25-ish minutes um, and given it'll be freezing cold over there, hopefully, yeah, I won't mm. need too much liquid. So do you, it, given 25 minutes is not going to line up with a drink table, is it, for you? So will you just take the gel and then grab water at the aid stations or how is um, that going to work? Looked- I haven't actually looked that far ahead logistically, um, but I'll definitely have a couple of gels on me just in case, like, I miss a drink or, um, yeah, I want to avoid the mayhem of a drink table. Um, so a bit of both. I'll have some on me and I'll have some out on the course. And then, yeah, I think we'll do the math a bit closer too and um, figure out which drink tables I might use and which ones I'll just carry on me. Yeah. And even if I tie or stick a couple of gels on one drink bottle, like, yeah. We'll make it work. I just haven't figured that out yet. Yeah, the um, the accommodation setup. You've got you taking everyone. Yeah. Yep. I don't know if I'm more nervous about the race or taking Ollie for his first overseas trip. Yeah. Oh. You so going through Cairns and then across, or is it straight to Tokyo, or how are you doing it? Yeah, straight to Tokyo, and we'll stay there for two nights, and then um, train it to Osaka, and then we're actually doing a 
couple of weeks afterwards. Oh, right. Wow. So, yeah. Um, I've got an entry to Tokyo if all, like, if she oh. and I've got a um, plan B. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens there. <laughs> Hopefully Lisa Whiteman set up. Yeah. Yeah. But when will you play the plan B card? Pardon? Mm. When will you play the plan B card? Like, is it you're at the 30 kilometer mark? Oh, this isn't working for no, me. I'll use plan B. Pre race. Given nah. how my prep's gone, if I get COVID or something traveling over and I want a week to recover. Why did you um, go for Osaka over Tokyo then? Because I think I remember when I spoke to you before, you were like, oh, that you hadn't heard back from Tokyo. So had you already booked your flights to, like, booked your stuff to Osaka? Like, why not just go Tokyo? Because you're ASICs, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was more making use of the drinks tables and oh, right. you on don't the get start that. line for a couple yeah. of hours and stuff. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. I think logistically Osaka was just going to work better. Yeah. Yeah. Making cool. use of, yeah, the elite area and a toilet and, yeah, drinks and. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, holidaying with kids in Japan's heaps of fun. <laughs> I've um, heard some horror stuff. <laughs> just, go back, just go back and listen to the episode of. Uh, mm. I don't think I'd want to. I think I just need to uh, keep an open mind and pray that it's not going to be like your experience. No, no, you'll pull it off. You're better at it than <laughs> I am, I'm sure. Oh, don't know about that. Tell you what, finding a hotel room in Japan that has a a third bed or a, offers a porticot has not been easy. Yeah, yeah, you'll be you'll be asleep at seven p.m. Lights out. Oh, every uh, night, every yep. single night. Yep. Yeah, you'll be lying on the couch or the the bed with mattress, and you won't be tired at all. You'll be playing no, with your phones for two hours. You can't watch TV. <laughs> you just got to sit And then you'll get up, and you'll it'll be cold, and and then all the like every single restaurant, no kids chairs. You are grabbing something from the Seven Eleven. You eat that in your hotel room. Oh dear, who can nah, sit on my knee? You're probably much more tolerant than we are. We weren't very tolerant. As soon as she oh, started crying. See, on the flight, the 10-hour flight over, I don't think I'm going to be very tolerant. You're so brave. Kudos uh, to you. Mm. We'll see. Venturing. It's either going to be right. well or really bad. Gemma, thank you for your time here tonight. Now, we, um, we, uh, we're on a bit of a schedule. We appreciate you jumping on and um, changing methods of chat to your phone. Oh, no worries. Got to have a chat to the education department. Yeah, well, you, you know that you know that twenty grand you got in your top drawer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a new laptop might be in the cards. Yeah, how about your teachers start buying their own equipment? Uh, I second that. Security, security <laughs> reasons—they won't let us. Oh, all right, thanks, thanks, Jam, and um, no all the best with that two thirty attempt. Yeah, and I'll see you all later. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Catch up. See you. See. Yeah. All right. Gee, there's some people going over, aren't there? Mm. Oh, I swear every second person in Australia is uh, <laughs> running a soccer. You know how many people are going to be on those flights over? You'll be, you're definitely sitting next to a runner. Guaranteed, yeah. yeah. You Lisa guys are going Friday, on Friday, right? Oh, is she? There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, perhaps I should do my week then. Yeah, roll through it, mate. Yeah, sorry. I'm just pulling it up. I've been... Deep diving into That's yours. Right. You've just you've just put the pressure on Gemma. Now she's uh, all she's going to think about is that sub two thirty. <laughs> As if she's not thinking about that. That's the only yeah. thing you're thinking about when you run two thirty five, isn't it, um, Rachel? Uh, yeah. 
I mean, yeah, I wouldn't like, necessarily think that my next one is going to be a sub 230, but that's my like ultimate goal is to go sub 230. So like how she doesn't know the splits for that. Oh, what, what are the splits? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like uh, it's what, just under, is it about 332 per K? Yeah, 332, 333, I think. It's, um, she'd know it. She'd be doing workouts to it for sure. <laughs> um, I had Monday... Super easy, 30 minutes for me. I just went out. We got these marsh flies down here, the sides of like little sparrows, and they're, they're bad right now. You know what a marsh fly is, you two? Absolutely. Rachel, no. you don't know? No, oh, they're, they're, they're like blowflies, but they're about 10 times the size, and they got big like prong at the end that like needles you, and it hurts. Oh, they bite you, okay. Yeah. And there's so many of them and they're so big that they actually, instead of like, like when you're sitting there, they're annoying. But when you're running, they actually just swarm around you and stay with you the whole way. Mm -hmm. And my dog, they hang out, like they can follow him and pester him the whole way. So it's it's really shit. And, and you've got to avoid certain areas of the bush because like they, I don't know why they like it in certain areas, but March flies. Because no other dead animals or something. Yeah, there, there is out there. For sure. Um, I, I ran in the Arvo. I went down, ran along the Great Ocean Road for a bit. Terrible call. But I'm just getting so bored with this loop that I'm doing for my doubles that I decided to um, make a bad decision, run down the hill. You can sort of see where I run on my map, straight down from my normal loop. You head on, you can hit the Great Ocean Road. So I decided to do that and then a few hundred meters on the Great Ocean Road back up again. Uh, Tuesday, rolled. So just a bit of a hillier run. Got going a little bit, I think. Let me just check that. Um, what I run? 428s didn't really roll that much, actually. Not at all. Um, that wasn't fast. I ran it in a super shoe, though, which was... Um, I ran it in the SC Elite V4, which is uh, the New Balance one. I use it more like a jogger, though. Uh, I think I did a few too many, like, dirt roads on this run because my ankles were really sore afterwards and they're just not stable enough to handle that. Mm -hmm. I actually did a work here. No, I, that, that night I come home, did 15 minutes with the dog, then jumped on the treddy for 3K. Uh, workout the next day, we went to the ridge, Grossman's Ridge we call it, did a six-ish K warm-up and then rolled into with what was a harder-paced workout than normal. So we did four sets, seven minutes at steady, one minute jog, one minute hard, 90 seconds jog. This was the, um, I ran this in the Socony Endorphin Pro V4, which hasn't released yet. I just wanted to get a feel for it. Foot went run, foot went numb real early because I, uh, I put a heel raise in, but I also had a thick sock on and it just, there's just not enough room for my foot to breathe. The workout. Why are you putting a heel, heel raise in? Have you got oh, an Achilles issue or something? For my shin, for my shin, it tends to go better with less like range of motion. So I put That's in a. Better on you. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, I thought, I thought you'd come out the other end of it. Yeah, all it takes is like the day before I ran on like real unstable dirt roads. And yeah, so it, 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 yeah, it flared it up again. Mm. I manage it with Andy and Flams, which means, which gives me confidence that it's nothing too serious because yeah. I take like two Voltarans and all of a sudden feels heaps better. 
So yeah. it's not a it's not a big deal. It just just a bit annoying some days. And mm. this one here, seven minutes was supposed to be around threshold ish half marathon pace, and the one minute probably around five k effort, five k pace. So went three oh seven jog. 250 jog 305 jog 252 jog 304 jog three minutes 305 and then jog 251s so it was actually quite mm. fast paces for me because mm. mm. i don't normally run this fast um started yeah. to hurt what's made early. you do that oh fitness hopefully fitness allowed me to <laughs> <laughs> that's that's that was like that was what I was hoping was doing it during the workout. Uh, I did like we're doing a lot of marathon pace work right now, so I wanted to throw something in that was faster, and yeah. is almost a bridge workout between Sunday and Sunday. And I still think that even two and a half weeks out, doing a threshold workout like this can still have benefit to the day. Like yeah. I, some people shut it down too early, I reckon, with their tapers, and they start to they start to sort of think that everything they do has no benefit to the race and mm. and it, it's just the wrong mindset to have it's too long three weeks two to three weeks of thinking that every single run is a potential risk to you is a terrible way to go into a race and mm. I, I see it too often people cotton wool themselves start stop training properly every little tiny little niggle or bloody feel they get is a uh, is a full-blown injury and and I reckon they get to the race with more anxiety and more stress. It's not good. Yeah. So that's why I still chuck some hard sessions in late, even though it's like only 12K of volume. Um, it was it was well needed. I, I originally wrote this workout to have three reps, three sets, and then I added one more set in just because yeah. I didn't think it was enough. Uh, I doubled that other and then jogged the next day, just two jogs there actually ran in Geelong knocked off work a bit early got out for half an hour from work because they're a bit quiet got down to the waterfront and then a bit faster on Friday morning just run some hills Saturday morning run with the mate crammers we did some hills as well still putting some hills in this time and then um mm. ran Saturday night doubled ran down to the um playground where Pierre and Bree were and ran with a mate, an old footy mate who I accidentally ran past. He was pretty pissed off. He saw me because he was fucked. Um, but I, <laughs> I, for, I forced him to run with me for a bit. And as we're getting close to the um, playground, he puts his shirt on. And I said, what are you doing? You're scared of the mums of what they'll think. And he goes, oh, no, I just forgot my beating them off stick. So i got to put my shirt on. <laughs> classic, classic joke. That is good. Then I'm going to use that. I'll use that one day. Um, and then we got to Sunday morning. So Sunday morning was the tempo run. It'll like we did jog 6K to warm up. Um, and then we did 14K at marathon pace. Or I say marathon pace. Hold up a second. We'll find out if it's marathon pace after the marathon. But I, I my goal for this was not to be silly. And I wanted to practice sort of really locking into a pace. And that pace, I didn't really know. This loop has a bit of GPS sort of friendliness about it. So I started off 
I'll just read out this and, and notice the tight cluster here, Reese and mm. Rachel. You can comment too, but Reese normally the one to make comment on my run. 3, 16, 16, 15, 17, 17, 15, 16, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 14, 11. Now, yeah. is that not a thing of beauty? Well, actually, let's 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 dive into this. You've even commented. <laughs> on, you've even commented on your Strava, practicing even pacing. Yes. Now, two two weeks ago, you went wild about progressions, and you yeah. should always progression. Have you turned to the even practice, even pacing pacing? Sorry, uh, life. Have you? Well, notice the last K. That's one K. Well, that's that was a progression, wasn't it? And so this is my issue with progressions. <laughs> what's your what's your issue? Is that when it mentally gets easy, there's one K left, two K left, yeah. anyone can bomb the last yeah, one or two K. It's it's mm. when it's you know, you just passed halfway. That that's my issue with progressions. Well, the, the purpose of this wasn't to progress. So not every run has to be progression. Not yeah, I know, but you've said practicing even pacing. What are you practicing even pacing for? Just just for fun? Well, the first 30K, hopefully. So you're going to even pace the first 30 yeah, and then progress. Yeah, yeah, that's the goal. Would you not think that's the goal for most people? No, when, I, when someone says even pacing, I'm thinking like, you know, the first half and the second half are within plus or minus 30 seconds. All right. So I've been thinking about this as well. How often do you get to 30, let's say 32K, right? How often do you get to 32K and start thinking, geez, I don't want to push too hard right now? Like, oh, I'm pushing too hard. I need to back off. I, I've never run a marathon where I got to 32 and said, I'm working too hard, just slow down a bit. For, for me, my watch goes out the window at 32. I don't care what it says because I can see the finish. I know that I'm 32 minutes away from home. I know what 32 minutes of hard-ass running feels like. I don't have to pace myself anymore. I'm working for home. There's but no pace does it not a, But does it not annoy you even when you said two weeks ago how you got it wrong a few times? Does it not annoy you? You hit 30, 32 then I'm going to throw down now. Does it not annoy you and go, oh, what if I had thrown down at 28? But throwing down is only is not so much pace, it's effort. It's unleashing, like you're basically giving yourself more of a license to push harder. That's to me throwing down is like slowly taking or, the filter off. Or are you a pussy that can only push for 35 minutes instead of an hour? <laughs> uh Pushing, there's a there's like a physical limitation to pushing for two hours twenty minutes. You know, mm. if you're if you can't run a threshold for two hours twenty minutes, Reese. I know any mother that's given birth will probably say they've pushed hard for two hours and twenty minutes, mate. Which would be at threshold pace. Mark, look, I don't. I'm not going to get into trouble here, but there's a lot of pharmaceuticals <laughs> used in birthing. Um, you're gonna get in a lot of trouble for that <laughs> now i've seen it it's not good that it's hard work and it is a long period too what's the longest um labor you've, you've you've been involved in you probably knocked off for the night did you rachel you don't stay there the whole time 
I've never done a, I've never wor worked in obstetrics, but I did, um, when I was a med student, I was in, I delivered a couple of babies. Um, but yeah, some labors would be like days, like over 24 yeah. hours. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. But that's pain, right? That's not like, that's not like blood lactate. Yeah. So what's your limit then for pushing in a marathon then? So you're saying 35 minutes is kind of where, where your head's at? No, no, no. I'm, some, some races will feel harder earlier. I'm saying it's a sustainable, it's sustainable to get, get the pacing right for the first 30K. Too many surges. If you're running borderline what you think you can run and then you throw a few surges above that, chances are it's going to put you over the limit and you won't be able to put, like throw down for the last 12K, 32 minutes. So if I'm looking to get every ounce of my like fitness out of myself in this race, then I need to pace well for 30K. Otherwise, I'm going to butcher it and it doesn't allow me to run faster. That, that last 12 will be like a shuffle in. No one wants mm. that. Have you ever pushed for that last 10K and then crossed the finish and thought, actually, even though you might be at your limit of what you can push for that last 32 minutes, but you still felt like, oh, actually, I maybe could have run that first 32K a little bit quicker. Because yeah. everyone will only have like a certain limit of how much they can push for 30 minutes. And like mm. mine wouldn't be that much, I feel, because I'm just I'm not very good at that, like top end speed and uh, like when no. i'm really really having to push like i'm better at just churning out the even like kilometers so is there any like situation where you've finished and you've thought actually no i probably could have wound it up a bit more throughout that 32k and gone a bit quicker yeah there's been two races where i felt like that two big negative splits 90 yeah. second negative split type things um mm. but at the time i was running big pbs when i did it yeah. So it, it, I was very content at the end. Yeah. And, and, mm. and so if, I think if I was doing that and not running PBs, then I wouldn't be content. But I was mm. running times that at that time I crossed the line, eat both of those races. I'm like, I can quit. I'm happy with the time I've run now. Like I'm mm. content. This is, this is a place where I've never got to before in my whole running career and I'm doing things that I'm not supposed to do basically. Mm. i got no business running 218 and 216. So for me, this race is great. But mm. I, I know what you're saying. And and yes, I could have run faster those days if I pushed earlier. Mm. Um, but I... How, I are you, how are you judge? Like, where are you getting your first 30k pace from? Mm. Is it by... Are you going in before the race guard? This is the pace no matter what in that first 30? Is it by feel or is it by heart rate? be a little bit of feel and a little bit of um, pace. So I'm basing it off previous marathon blocks that I've done and the end result of them. And also like, cause I do a lot of the same sort of training. I've got a pretty good idea about what I can do in those workouts and how that equates to a marathon time. Um, but also feel like I, I do know some of the workouts that I've been doing of been a bit too hard compared to other workouts in the past so somewhere in the middle so you say first 5k you go out at a certain pace like do you have you got a range is it a five second range like is it 315s to 320s and if you go 315s and it feels too much do you pull back or yeah. vice versa or pretty much that i reckon 320s is fine for me for the first five 
Uh, it'll also depend what's happening around. Like, I'm going to run to my own pace, but like, I'm sure there'll be others around that that'll be at the similar sort of spot. So there'll be the women. I think some of the women will look to run about 218 as well. And um, at Berlin, I actually really enjoyed just being in the like the women's area. I certainly wasn't in the pack a lot of it. I was on the outskirts. But they have like a lot of like all the agents are on the bikes. There's a lot of energy around it, and it it really takes your mind off the first thirty. Like you mm. you, you kind of it's kind of fun. It's exciting, mm. and that, that that's mm. probably why I didn't run fast enough because I didn't leave the pack early enough. Like what you were mentioning, Rachel. Um, it took me a while to actually leave the women's pack because you have to make a pretty significant move to get away from a pack of like thirty people. Um, and to do it early, a bit risky. Uh, but yeah, somewhere around there. So that the that was that was good pacing. I was happy. I felt like during the workout, I tried to um, I tried my mindset was make this a pace you could run for twenty k, so that when you stop at fourteen, you're not cooked. And that's that's yeah. how I felt. So um, week was how many k's did I run that week? Actually, let's have a look. One hundred and thirty something. One hundred thirty six. More than the week before. It's good. So I end the taper now. Um all right. Well beautiful. Where where are we at? We're I want to chuck some questions out. We're gonna do questions. Um don't have any new ones, so I'm gonna come back and have a look at these others. Um give me one. Rachel. I have a question. Oh yeah, what for Rachel? Uh, no, for you. If, right. um, I'll think of another one for Rachel. <laughs> if um, if Brady goes out in sixty-eight and halfway, will you be with him? Uh potentially. That's I don't know. Like it depends. He could <laughs> run the first ten k in thirty minutes, and then the the second in thirty-two. Like he could cook it. He he could be already on his on his way back by then. <laughs> um, all right. Question for Rachel: How do you fix heel striking? Oh. <laughs> that's from the list of questions that we had. <laughs> Stop overstriding. That's the answer. It's easy. You just don't do it because I don't. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Well, I. Don't, I I don't know. Like, if you're a heel striker, do you, I don't know? Do you think that sells shoes? Do you think it's something that someone should attempt to correct? No, no. not really. No, I don't think not, so. No. Like, not unless it's causing um like chronic injury. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I think everyone's people love to fixate on stuff, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There's no lot. one causation to an injury, so. No. Yep. All right. So question for Reese. Uh came up today actually, got sent through to me before. Um someone downloaded an app, I think it's called and they said I want to run 220 marathon. And it's, how many times a week do you think the app prescribed them to run to run 220 marathon? <laughs> I reckon I knowing the app's probably a joke, so oh let's say three days a week. Doing 40 Ks uh, a week or something? Right. Or four Monday's, days a week. Monday's walk jog. 
Um, oh, of course it is. Tuesday, <laughs> for a 220. <laughs> After you walk, John, you go for a rest day. Wow. <laughs> Wednesday's a light run. Thursday, rest day. Friday, interval. Saturday, moderate. I'm get, I hopefully Sunday's long. I don't see the picture for Sunday. But the interval was um, <laughs> 351 seconds of running six times with 180 seconds of walking. Has this app got a bug in it or something? Like this, this is. Um, can you imagine? This is ridiculous. Who's making money off this? This is a joke. Someone's making a lot of money. Yeah, off I think, yeah, it's, it's pretty Are successful. They? Yeah. Is this big? Is it? I've never heard of this um, thing. This is a joke. Like ads, ads for it on Instagram. I thought um, this was a genuine joke. No, no, it's a real app. Um, nah, there's a bunch. I've I seen think, it before. Their algorithm is flawed. Let me pop it up. It might be UK wow. based because I've seen there's a few UK runners that are like um, associated with it. Um, oh no! Actually, it's not that app. Let me let me oh, pull okay. that back. Let me. Oh, Brady's yeah. gonna have to look at that. What's the time here? One twenty. You can delete that. It's not that app. <laughs> it's a different app. Oh, um, we've gone hard on the wrong app. Sorry, that app that Moose is talking about. It's a good app. Is it? Yeah. Go it invest. Great coaching app. <laughs> back to all of that then all right nah, damn it it's probably best i don't have the name in this app to be honest um yeah, yeah we're getting a lot of trouble it just sounds like something you put in that ai like that chat g mm. what is it chat gpt or whatever it is now all right i've got one for you that's been bugging me all week and and this will be an interesting one to hear your thoughts park run now, there's a lot of conflict and debate and anger and all this sort of stuff going on right now because Parkrun has decided to remove all the race records and the past results and um, what else? Participation That's records. And, yeah. So they've removed all those from their website because they, they mentioned that it was intimidating new runners and it wasn't the sort of look that they were going for. Now... Mm. Firstly, Rachel, you do see this. What were your immediate thoughts? And then after a week or so, what do you what have you come back to? What have you landed on? Uh, yeah, I have seen this. And I like parkrun is how I got into running. I've done like 140 something park runs. Like, I've done a lot of them. And obviously from because it started in the UK as well. Um but like when I first started parkrun, like, I think my first one was around 24 minutes. Like I wasn't, yeah anything good but for me it has been like a little bit of an incentive like um chipping away at, at my time and also like looking at like occasionally like when I go away if I want to do a park run I'll, I'll look at a course record and see if it's a low-hanging mm. fruit and think oh should I go out for that um so like for me I thought like yeah I thought it was maybe a bit much to like remove that because it was expected to be a barrier to participation because I think for some people that is maybe an active way that they do try to participate in it and I understand that's the narrow end of like the runners because if you're in sort of the the capability of trying to break records yeah you usually have to be a bit of a speedier runner but um also like I think for some people it might be nice like because um to come up as a first finisher like if there's not any other speedy runners that day and you just happen to finish first like I don't know, one, like a couple of times I've been the first runner out of everyone, including guys and um, like everyone. And like for me, I was like, oh, like, you know, 
that was cool to like win one, like not win one because it's not a race, um, to be the first person to cross the line. Um, <laughs> but I can, I don't know, it is difficult because people say, you know, this barrier to, part, to participation, people that want to like come and walk, jog it or push their pram or whatever, whatever they want to do. But in my opinion, now being one of the speedier runners that has done it, whenever I've like done well at a park run and, and run quickly I've never once had like anyone coming up to me and saying anything um like against that if anything like there's people that come up and say oh like how great that you beat all of those guys there or like things like that it's only ever positive things and now a week later I don't know if you guys saw this but somebody has gone and registered like re obviously re-registered their name uh, in a new account and they've gone and like absolutely sprinted one of the park runs I can't remember which one it was and they've registered their name as restore results pages so like their first names restore like last name results pages um as a little but how are they seeing that if they took the race results away so they they still list all the results and they still list the finishes in order but like you no longer there's no longer like a list of um the records on the page and there's no longer like uh because there used to be a a sub 20 women and i think a sub 17 men like section And fastest 500 finishes, uh, numbers of first finishes, like per yeah, right. That's all a lot of white. stats and stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, right. Reese, have you ever done a park run? Um, man, I've done over 50. Really? Oh, yeah, I've done a lot of park runs. Park, I uh, remember same you did as the park run up at New South Wales. I remember this now. And you got touched yeah, up. I, exactly i yeah i was literally doing the park run during this block um yeah. and park run is same as rachel park runs how i got into running i was um doing park runs in canberra and getting absolutely smoked i was thinking i Actually, my first park run croaks yeah. croaks said in the message group he said i remember seeing reese come down to um do park runs down wherever he went to do park run and he mm. so- looked at you and thought how is a bloke who runs this well so slow mm. Yeah, because I think I was running like 1830s or 1840s, yeah, yeah. which but I was pumped like for at the time. Yeah. You looked amazing doing it. Yeah, because I guess your gait doesn't, like your actual running form doesn't change, right? So, yeah, I did cop that a fair bit. Earlier when people are like, oh, geez, you look like a nice runner. But that's, that's not really the compliment you want, right? It's like that's kind of the backhanded compliment. Mm. Um, so, yeah, park runs how I got into it. But uh, my opinion on it, like my – brother still regularly does park runs he did one on the weekend he lives in brisbane i think he runs about 25 minutes and he had no idea that these changes had come in yeah yeah absolutely so, absolutely yeah. no idea i think he, he couldn't, couldn't care less the top the top echelon i think of people who have who have records and that kind of thing are the the ones that are most affected mm-hmm. by it you'd say yeah and realistically like you still know deep down what time you've run at that. Like I know what time I've run at certain park runs. The the only thing, exactly what Rachel said, the only thing that I will miss about it is say you're holidaying somewhere and you've got two or three park runs within a small radius of one another. You can kind of use course records as a determiner on which course you may prefer to do depending on your session. Um, So if you really want a faster threshold type thing, you're like, oh, I might – pick this one that's that's the part i will miss but mm-hmm. honestly if you're 
you know, smoking up a bit of a – if you're worried about your records disappearing from the park run page, like you should probably have a hard look with yourself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't be- – I can't believe the amount of um, carry on over it, to be honest. Like there's mm. people starting petitions to get the park really? run record. Oh yeah. There was a bloke yeah, hitting wow. there was a bloke hitting up Zacker and his running group at the um, Yarra Flats on Sunday morning, asking them to sign the, his petition to get park run race records put back oh, on their shit. website. Wow. Like there's it park run is not a race, as Rachel no. rightly put it. Parkrun was never a race. Parkrun gets people into running by providing like a group environment to go and do 5K. There are races nearly every weekend anywhere that you want to race if you wanted yep. a race. They're, like I, I agree that they didn't need to change anything. I don't think this was turning anybody off. Um, yeah. Like who, I don't think that anybody would go down there and think, gee, like – Oh, well, anyone sitting on Friday night going onto the Parkrun website thinking, oh, the records are up. Jeez, I'm so far off that record. That's scary to me. Mm. I'm not going to go down there. I don't think Mm. that would be happening. Um, And then if you go down there, you can still run Parkrun. Like you can still go and do a 5K hard effort if you want, or you can turn it into a race if five of you go down and go, let's go and have a race today. Absolutely. It just doesn't – who cares if the things aren't on the fucking website anymore? I just don't care. Yeah. Like yeah, if you I'm go – you'll have it on your Strava, won't you? Yeah, no, it's probably what, somewhere. What There's, I'm sure people have put a segment on Strava. It probably tells you anyway. Yeah. Maybe I'll, I've just seen like absolute um, – like some of the cr- craziest stuff going on Facebook, mm. like Facebook groups. These people are getting really upset about it and i just couldn't work it out myself i'm like this is yeah like this is good for athletic clubs parkrun being a rec like a, a, a beginner entry to running is brilliant and if and mm-hmm. and if it started to become more of a free race every week where people really cared mm-hmm. then it's going to hurt the athletic clubs who are putting on the actual running races um because people just won't go and pay money for them yeah i agree yeah yeah I reckon it's uh, yeah, a bit of overkill from people, like honestly. Yeah. yeah. Like, you right. don't need your name on that page. Let me smash this out. The Inside Running Podcast Road to Osaka series is powered by Mizuno, committed to making marathoners faster for now and the future. How do you like how I say Mizuno? You freaking love doing that. What is it? <laughs> oh. why, why are you saying like, is this your attempt of like a Japanese twang or something? You'll yeah. understand when you get there. You'll understand. You do, you when you say Osaka as well. Osaka. Yeah. Oh, you do <laughs> too. <laughs> you are going to love it over there. You're going to be like, oh, they sound like moose. They talk like moose. <laughs> yeah, we're going to love it. <laughs> I lo- they, they say it like they're so proud of it, like Mizuno. And, and I'm mm. like, this is how you talk. It's like a family over there that you guys are going to be part of the fam. You're going to yeah. be, in the, you're going to love. Uh, Rachel, you're working in Ballarat this week? Um, no, I'm actually, uh, I'm going up. My partner's actually working there this week. So I'm going up on Wednesday for Valentine's. Uh, We're doing oh, it together. Ooh, that's, yeah. That's um, cute. yeah. You believe in Valentine's Day? 
big follower. I'm no, I'm he's the the romantic one. I'm like mm. not romantic at all. Like I couldn't care less about writing someone a soppy card, but he he really likes. Um, cards he writes you a few soppy ones. Yeah, and he he expects them you in want return. One on hand, you can read out. <laughs> no, I don't know. So <laughs> um, yeah, I'm you know right. what, Rachel. If I had a choice out of being anywhere in the world for Valentine's Day, I reckon Ballarat would be number one. <laughs> that place just, that just feels just like love in that town, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Like you just walk down every street and you think people here, they just must just love everything. Like Paris. Mm. It's literally like Paris. Ballarat <laughs> is like Australia's version of Paris. Which so, restaurant are you yeah. going to? I don't know. He's booked somewhere. So. Oh, okay. Mm. Do you know they had Pizza Hut? It was the last one that was like... Um, all you can eat. All you can eat. Ballarat was the last it, one. Does it still no, go yeah. now? I don't know. I think it shut down. That oh, could have been on for you. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what that is, Pizza Hut? That's a UK thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pizza. I don't know if they still yeah. have it. Like, Yeah. yeah it's, it's not... The only one that does all you can eat these days is um, Japanese joints. <laughs> Oh, and, yeah, yeah, and the old Chinese buffet oh, where yeah. you need six liters of water afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that. It can be nasty. <laughs> what do you got on Reese? Valentine's Day? That's um Wednesday. If you've forgotten, I have forgotten actually. Uh, I'm a I'm a shocker at that thing. So right from early on in our relationship with my wife, I was useless and all that. So I have a free pass now. She doesn't yeah. expect anything. Yeah. You know, so expectation started low. You you make up this thing that you're real strong against, like the commercial side of it, and then it that's just... exactly what I said. I was like, Valentine's Day is just a marketing <laughs> scheme from retail. <laughs> that just after the post Christmas rush and the New Year's rush and all that, they just they can't do any sales, so they just want to push something. I'm sure Moose, you've I'm got a bloody Valentine's Day Valentine's thing in store, actually. Yeah, that's you can sell all your red clothing. <laughs> Just do a Women's Day in store. Yeah, that's right. that's better. But you don't need to do on Valentine's Day. Why is Valentine's Day all about the woman, by the way? Hmm. Why I is it, Rachel? Give us an answer. Give us an answer, please. Well, it's not. I've got. I've, as I said, my partner's the soppy one, so I've had to buy him gifts. But he's oh, doing good. it for you, isn't he? You're the recipient. Yeah, I'm not the one. Like I'm not the one that's bothered about it. I think he gets more like gratification out of getting me a gift for him. Whereas, like I like if he didn't get me an anniversary or a Valentine's card, like it wouldn't really bother me. But yeah, you're not married. I, no, no. So you can't get an anniversary card. No, believe me, my partner is that soppy that. Uh, yes. Oh we really? Can. Yeah. He 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 would is do it... a, a card every month if he could. Mm. Oh. Yeah, he's a real, yeah. Really? He's going to be in Osaka. This could be interesting. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I mean, if he wants to buy a gift every month, we have a new yeah, online store, cool, yeah. actually. Um, <laughs> uh, Not after the last thing you sold him, so. Little fanny pack. Yeah. Well, you're selling fanny packs. There. Yeah, you'd have one, trail runner. I think they're handy, yeah. Mm, yeah. Put, put your uh, put your snacks in it. Put your burger rings in there. Well, we don't do uh, Valentine's at our house um, no. ever. Our love 
is every day is just as strong. You can't you can't have extra love on one day. Yeah. No. Yeah, I agree with that. You seem like a romantic. You both look tired. I'm definitely tired. We've got to cut that thing out at uh, an hour 20, I think it was. Remember that? Maybe I missed it at the start, but did we talk about Kipton? Oh, yeah. No, we didn't. It's going to leave the main show for the Kipton. Oh, okay. I just didn't know if I'd missed at the start. Yeah. Yeah, some interesting stuff coming out of that. Yeah. In in what way? Well, I'm not going to get in trouble. I'm going to hope the main show handles okay, that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's just interesting. Just, yeah. Yeah, I'll not send them out. I'll DM, you. I'll DM yeah. you with the details. Oh, because that's horrific. Some yeah. Mm. Oh, terrible. Like, you know, I. This is selfish, but I'm like, this mm. bloke could have done anything, and now we mm. don't get to see it. Yeah, we don't get to see yeah. what could have been the greatest runner of all time. Yeah. Yeah, it's like um, it, Prince. Yeah, it's like Prince. Yeah. It's like Sammy Wanjiru as well. Mm. Like he was, he was gonna, he was changing the world of marathoning. He did change the world of marathoning. People didn't used to run like he did, and now they all do. So mm. uh, he kind of had an influence. Whereas similar with Kipton, Kipton's the same. He'll change. He would have changed things. He would have shown mm-hmm. this new generation what's possible. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, a man of the progression, um, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll see you all one week. Reese, Port Ferry. Um, yeah, good luck. Thank you. race coming up, 220. Love that. Yep. Apparently, yeah. Yep. yep. All right, I'll end yep. that for you. See you down there. <laughs> right, catch it.